Welcome to the Linked Up Church podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, we have a powerful and insightful message from Dr. Avery Jackson entitled, You Are the Healed. Make sure to get your pen and paper ready. This one's going to be a blessing. So thank you for having me, pastors. And You know, this, this Linked Up Church, what an amazing name right because I mean think about all of the all of what it represents you know I, I think about when uh, on the road to Damascus you know when the Lord was talking to Saul and he says why do you persecute me now he didn't directly persecute him physically but he persecuted his people his body you know and that that really hits me often is is that to be linked up with each other and to be his body and to work in concert for him and each other is just absolutely amazing and there's science even that that supports supports that scripture and so again that linked up concept and the linked up church and linked up family is just is just right on right on the money with regarding that uh, and and we being his body and so thank you for having me you know at as a, um, as a physician, one of the things that I, I do is I do brain surgeries and spine surgeries. So I'm honored to be able to be allowed uh, to be trusted and to be able to take care of people with, with uh, different situations. And so you see a lot that ha- goes on emotionally, uh, spiritually, you see, and then also um, physically when you're in, in a person's body trying to help them. One of the things that the Lord has been, uh, he told me two things that, that really jump out right now. One is, he says, when you go and you're about to operate on someone, he said, I want you to pray with them. And I said, but Lord, you know, I, when I'm at home before I, I get to, to, the, to the hospital, I do pray. He says, no, no. He says, if, if you don't honor me before men, then I won't honor you before the Father. So, and that was, yeah, that was about a, uh, about a, a little over a decade ago or so. And so ever since then, you know, when you uh, talk to people, you go through the formal process, make sure everything is in order, of course. And then from there, you, uh, you know, I, I'll pray with them, you know. And, uh, and it's amazing how many people um, are, are open to that, right, which is, which is wonderful. Even some of those people who may not necessarily know who God is personally, but they understand the value of, of having him on their side going into such a challenging time like surgery where the complications could be catastrophic, right? Death or other, other problems. So the, the other piece is, is that when I operate, the way that the Lord talks to me, because as Pastor mentioned, um, he told me when I was younger to be, that I, to, he wanted me to be a neurosurgeon and I didn't know what that was, I looked it up. And the reason why he, one of the, th- reasons I believe he told me that was because I was asking the question, how can I help? And, and it had to do with my grandmother. She had a stroke. And I said, well, Lord, how can I help people like her who have brain problems? And that was his answer. And so it's kind of fascinating, you know, when you look at who is the greatest in the kingdom, you know, and he says, basically, when you're like these little ones, and when you look up that definition of the little ones, that's someone who is loving, lowly, trusting and forgiving so so that 
that posture, I believe he honored in that way. Uh, and so I thank him for that because every day I get to meet new people and especially all of you lovely people in the body of Christ and my brothers and sisters. Um, and so it's a wonderful honor and it's a, a wonderful honor to be able to serve you uh, and be a help to you. So, so thank you for having me. So, um, so uh, next slide, please. So let's see here. So here's the thing that I, I want you to take away from this, uh, this talk. Uh, next slide. Is we're going to be talking about um, fear briefly and faith. We're going to be talking about pain and depression a little bit. Uh, and then even a little bit about infection and health and how they, uh, they come together. Next slide, please. Yep, there we go, that one. And so the Lord um, gave me this idea, and I wasn't even thinking about a book. Bishop laid hands on me. Bishop Butler laid hands on me on March uh, 22, 2015. And the word of the Lord was, is that you're going to use your hands and your mouth to be a blessing to people who have problems that right now we don't know how to solve. And right after that, I had this huge download from the Holy Spirit. I mean, it went on for... 24 hours. So I was up for 24 hours just taking notes. So as you see, I look at my phone every now and again, not to be disrespectful, but I have all my notes of everything that I've done in the last 10 years on my phone. So I have everything, and it's just, it's, it's, technology is wonderful. So, um, but, so that's kind of how that happened. And then he said a couple of things. He says, listen, that's fine. You're, you know about brain surgery. You know about neurophysiology. And I want you to express how I made these structures and functions in people and you, you'll have a unique perspective, a perspective of authority. So that way when you speak about brain, brain and how I've created people in terms of their earth suits, um, they'll get it, okay? The other thing that he said was, he said, you know, um, people use science and, and watch science and look at science as an authority. And there is some authoritative information to those facts, but the facts and truth are very, can be very different things. Sometimes they're the same, and sometimes they can be different. And so please, uh, family, always remember, and I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but, but always remember that God's word is truth. And, right? And, and what I mean, though, is I mean, uh, next slide, please. I mean from the perspective, the scientific perspective. So uh, Pastor Joel and Pastor Trish got me up here to talk to you as an authority in science that I, you know, I have done a lot in science. The Lord has been kind to me. I've published. I've spoken all those things. So from that perspective, I'm telling you how God did what he did in you and me and why he deserves so much of the glory but also so much of our attention and putting him first as an authority in facts and even in science. So don't separate him and his word from science, okay? Don't, don't, please don't do that. Um, and the reason why this is so important right now, especially as we're being challenged emotionally and physically and, and in these other areas, each one of us, we have our own journey right now. You know, if you separate him from 
the information, there's going to be a problem, right? But if you focus on his word, even as it relates to science, then you will be all right, okay? So that's really what this is about. It's about can you see the Lord's love for you individually through a different lens, but making sure you understand that the final authority, even in science, is still the Word of God. So, so don't, you know, you say, yeah, well, here's science, and they're preaching this, that, and the other, and that's fine, but what did the doctor report show? The science on a sheet of paper says, here are the results, but understand that he created you uh, and, and the science that we use to describe what's going on in your body. Understand that. Don't divorce the two concepts. Okay? And so that's really important. Now, maybe those out there that are scientists might do that. And the question is, I don't know about you. I do brain surgery. I've never completely, perfectly built a person. I, right? I've never, I've never created the sperm and the egg, never done that either, and I've never connected the two perfectly, and I've never thought through the process of building from just two cells, sperm and the egg, to trillions of cells over time. I've never done that. I've never, as a human being, um, there is the Human Genome Project, but even the Human Genome Project has to start with something, and it doesn't start with nothing. Yeah. Right? So let's, let's put some of this perspective. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not downplaying science. I think science is wonderful. I'm a scientist. We have, Kara and I host an uh, international conference every week and on Zoom. We have our own platform that is, uh, is a protected platform, and we talk to physicians and scientists and clinicians and are educated by them and help educate from all around the world. Just uh, about a week or so ago, we had someone from Galway, Ireland, who was uh, one of the, the speakers, and people from all around the country learned together about uh, science and medicine, and we worked together to figure out some, some problems. So that's what we host every, every week or every and for a month. So I'm not against science at all, you know, but I just want you to understand it's so important. Like, you actually have the truth. You have the word, and that sh he should always be above in terms of what's the final say. My recommendation practically is this. When you are faced with a situation, and, and again, I'll stay in my lane. My lane is medicine. You're faced with a health challenge. You're faced with a decision you have to make. Do I do this test? Don't I do this test? Do I perform, have this intervention performed or not? That's fine. It's a decision you have to make. But just remember to go to the Holy Spirit, right? And say, hey, Holy Spirit, what do, you, what do you say about this? And, you know, obviously, you know his voice. You spend time with him. You pray in your heavenly language. You're built up. And so you can hear his voice. And he will tell you exactly what to do for your individual self for that particular situation. Right? So, so please, and I'm very serious about that. I really, you know, sometimes in church, it's fine, and, you know, in terms of, you know, how we act and how we see him. But when we're faced with something and we're out in the secular world, we just kind of forget about him. Right? And so, so I can't overemphasize how important 
he is in that in that uh, in that arena. So the tripart man, human, right, is um, is that uh, there are two parts of that. So in terms of tripart, it's interesting how we have this triune Godhead, you know. And I th- I think of them as like the Pistons. And I know don't 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 hate me. Don't no, I want them. face okay. <laughs> But it's just it, right. So it's try. You have the Father, you have the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and they're in, they're different individuals, but they're on the same team. They're Team God, and and that's a, a, a nice thing to see. And then pattern after that is the tripart man or human, and so we are a spirit, which uh, which is really fascinating, because, like even with Lazarus, right? It's fascinating. Like his spirit is still good, right? But what we saw was what his body was having a problem, his earth suit, right? It's really fascinating when you stop for a minute and say, well, in terms of who we are externally, remember, that is your earth suit. That's like wearing a coat. So should I, should I uh, discriminate or separate because your coat, you're wearing a white fur coat or a black fur coat or because you, your coat got vaccinated or not vaccinated? That's just your coat, right? That's just a, a, a third of, of who you are and really just your coat. You are a spirit being and you have the mind, will, and emotion, which is your soul, and you live in the physical body. So I think one of the tricks is, is that we forget who we are, um, truly who we are, and we see what we live in as who we are. And that will change your perspective very quickly because now when you're trying to decide as a spirit being how you need your earth suit to be taken care of because just like in a car, something breaks down, you need to fix that part of your car. But that car that you drive in isn't you. So, so separate those two points out and you'll find that it'll be easier for you to hear from the Lord and make those types of decisions. So, um, and so obviously we have uh, Thessalonians that describes that piece about exactly who we are. And the word says here, as you can see, that the very God of peace, he sanctifies us wholly, and he prays that who we are, our whole part, um, that we are a spirit, and that we have a soul, right? And how it's gonna affect our body, right? So, so this is not my, this isn't Avery Jackson's definition. I'm just getting this from the word. So, so you can take a look at that. Next slide. So in the, um, when I do brain surgeries, next slide, please. When I do brain surgeries, the craniotomy, that's when you, you have a hemorrhage or a tumor and you have to make an incision and you have to take off part of the skull you have to get into the brain area and then you have to take out the hemorrhage or the tumor or what have you, right? But one of the things that's kind of interesting is when you take that skull off, you can actually put it in the belly area and preserve it. And so oftentimes you'll see that where if someone had a surgery here, you'll see a scar that they have in the belly area. Well, what's happening is, is that that skull is just being displaced in a different part, but for good keeping. The swelling goes down, and then you take it out of the belly a couple months later, you can put it right back on, on, back on and it's good to go. What's interesting is, is that you don't reject 
right? So that that's so so that's something that I do. Um, but here's the thing, though, is that when you displaced it and you put it in a different spot, you don't get infection. You don't react to it because it's in a different spot. And when you put it back up there for safekeeping from here to here, you don't react to it. It doesn't, it doesn't become infected. And so the point, though, is here, as you can see in the scripture that I put up on the screen is, is that that's how we function as the body of Christ. You know, it's even if there's a displacement, there's still safekeeping among our members. And then it goes back up and it does what it has to do, you know. And, um, and so I think, you know, as you can see here in Galatians 6.1, Brother, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself. Test thou also be tempted. Obviously, another one, 1 Corinthians 12.18.21. But now that, uh, that God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it pleased him, and if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet be one body, and the eyes cannot the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor can the head to the feet, I have no need of thee. So next slide. So that's really interesting, right? Because physiologically as a, a surgeon, like anatomy is really important to me and how it functions together. And so just like God talks about his body. I mean, we really do function well together. And when you start lopping off parts, there's going to be a problem. And so that's why I am so impressed with the linked up family, right? Because what you're acknowledging every time you say the name of this wonderful church and this wonderful institution is you're reminding yourself about your, your, you, where you are in the body and, and that function and how important that relationship is, right? So super important, okay? So here are just some facts, some facts. Your brain never shuts off, okay? So it's always processing information. When you sleep, it's still working, just like your heart, okay? It doesn't stop until you leave your earth suit. So think about that. If you have good thoughts, thoughts that are healing, that's what's going to continue when you go to bed. You take that to bed with you. If you have the opposite and it's hard to sleep, mind isn't renewed, you know, and you're really, ha you're having a struggle, you're, you go to sleep that way. Well, if it doesn't shut off, you don't know the difference. Your body, the physiology of you doesn't know the difference when you are awake in a wake state and when you're sleeping. So it keeps going on and on and on, right? So you can imagine over time what can happen either good or bad to your physical body, your earth suit, based on what happens with your soul, your mind will and emotion, because your brain will keep going, 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 going. So, and I wanted just to illustrate that here, is um, there are 400 billion actions per second that occur in the subconscious mind. So the subconscious mind and our, our spirit man is much larger in total capacity than our earth suits. Right, so, so that's also important to understand. So that's why it's important to understand the other two thirds of who we are and not just look at ourselves as I'm Avery Jackson, an African-American man who does X, Y, and Z, and that's who I am. I am not, right? I have this earth suit, but I am a, 
I am a child of Christ, right? Born again and sanctified, right? And so that's who I am. And these other things I have to work with, right? Next slide, please. So you have billions of cells in the human brain, and you can see how many there are, right? And how much you, you know, your brain can control your body it's really impressive how many seconds all of these thoughts and reactions from what you intake affect your physiology. Next slide. So there are a couple of structures that I, I want you just to kind of uh, think about for a quick second here. Next slide, please. And those are um, the frontal lobe, which is, remember, remember this, your brain is not your soul, right? The reason why I say that is I had a debate once in with a group of colleagues in a national meeting, neurosurgeons, and they were literally, we were talking about that, you know, is your brain your soul? Where is the seat of your soul from an academic standpoint, right? And the, the soul, mind, will, emotion, of course, they were actually talking about spirit. Um, but you can't use physical, uh, physical descriptions necessarily to prove what is not physical. But what's interesting is the opposite you can do. So spiritual things, you can prove what is physical, which is fascinating to me. So in the Word, you will find so many references on health and science um, that it's just, it's fascinating. Um, and so here are five, just five points about how the brain works, and I'll just give you another quick example. So frontal lobe, and why is this important? Because everything that you deal with now in life until you go home to be with the Lord is affected by this process, okay? Every part of your body, your physiology, is affected by this process. So if you understand this and how God made us, then that will really help you in understanding some of the physiology that may occur and when things get off, that when you go back to the Word, it's so powerful. The Word is not just some pie-in-the-sky promise that is disconnected from us, it's disconnected from science, and I'm a good person because I confess the Word, it may or may not work for me, God may or may not be on my side. Let's see what happens. He is so not that. God is very on purpose. And so trying to kind of, through a different lens, if you can so graciously walk with me on this, is that with these structures, so frontal lobe, anything that comes to you, any situation, any decision you make, any um, situation that you run into, you're going to have to use frontal lobe first to, to understand what's going on. Then from there, it goes to amygdala. The amygdala is kind of a modulator, and what that does is it can ramp up your emotions and, and make it more intense. And then the circuit of PAPES is the memory processing loop, and it is literally an anatomical loop in your brain, literally. When those five senses take that information in and it goes to the hypothalamus, and then it goes to the, you know, your, your cortex, and it, it loops around in a circle, okay? And then a portion of that is processed, so it's a processor. The brain, think of it as a processor or translator between the 
the physical world and, and ultimately the supernatural world. It processes things because we know we have memory that's connected us as, as uh, spirit beings and we'll take that memory with us. Um, so think about that. Um, and then circuit of papes, hypothalamus, why is that important? So that's a relay system that's just uh, behind your eyes and it's about the size of a thumbnail, but really important. So basically, whatever you think on, if it's, if it's something fearful or something that's faith, the it tells the hypothalamus, okay, now I want you to act on what I'm thinking. And it happens right now. So it creates neuro or chemicals. So neurochemical um, pathways are created and that, um, that those pathways go throughout and touch every single cell of your body. Every single cell, like right now, okay? And then I mentioned dopamine because we talk about how the brain works in terms of communication, the structures the cells communicate. And dopamine is a structure, I mean, a neurochemical along with serotonin and others, GABA, that the brain uses to talk to from one cell to the next. So we hear about dopamine and depression. We hear about dopamine in other disorders um, like Parkinson's disease or dementia. Um, and so the reason that when that dopamine decreases, that's kind of interesting because there's more to the decrease than just you depleted on dopamine, not sure why, I give you dopamine, it goes back up. So we're really complex and you have to take into account the other two thirds of who we are to really have a good answer. And the only one that can really do that, who knows all the parts, is the Holy Spirit, right? So that's why it's important for you to go back to him and listen to him when you're making a decision about what to do or not to do or when you're faced with whatever it is that you're faced with because he knows the other two parts and then he can advise you appropriately to say for you individually at this time, you need to do this. So you see the practical application of the word you, got, you, you get that, especially in terms of your health. Very practical. Holy Spirit's very practical, right? Um, next slide. One illustration that all of you will kind of get right away is our perception. Our perception can be the driver, and that's why having the word in front of you literally changes what's going to happen next in your neurochemistry. How your cells are going to be affected how your immune system is gonna be affected. And again, I am not displacing science, I am not displacing facts, but I am telling you what is factual. This is how it works. Trust me, I'm a brain surgeon, <laughs> okay? I'm talking about brain physiology now. But you can readily see that if I have the word in front of me, and if I filter everything through the word, and that's my reality, you can see how my perception is dramatically affected compared to if someone doesn't have the word or the promises of the Lord about a specific situation in front of them, right? So, so very practical, very important, and very physiologic and very brain science here, right? So for instance, dopamine reinforcement. Dopamine is a neurochemical that will go up when there's something that happens that's pleasurable and it will help you remember to want to do that thing again, okay? That's, that's dopamine, that's why I mentioned it. That can be good or bad. So as I said, 
what's in front of you, right? So a bad example would be, for instance, happy hour. People talk about, I want to go to this bar, blah, blah, blah. And that's not none of y'all. That's nobody. I'm just an example. This is an example. I'm just giving, right? Just an example. So otherwise, just look straight ahead. Nobody go, no, no. I'm, so the, the, the example, though, is a good example because so they go to this place and they feel this excitement. I, I, we got to have happy hour, right? But what it is is it's the relationship with people or whatever that is that makes the dopamine go up. But it's, it, it's a, a kind of a misplaced perception because if they add the rest, which the Holy Spirit will do to guide you into all truth and bring to your remembrance all, you know, you'll see that there's so much that's not good in it that it probably wouldn't be as attractive as one would think that it is. So it's all about perception. So again, the word of God, which is true, affects that physiologic process, right? So that's really important. Another example is, and this is a good example for me because I like popcorn, is the smell of popcorn when you're, when you're going to see a movie, right? So my whole thing changed. You know, when I smell popcorn, I go to a movie, and I've got my popcorn going, I'm, I'm, I'm in good shape. I'm good, right? I could be by myself, I, you know, nobody around me, and I'm feeling good. And I'm like, this is going to be great. It could be the worst movie, but I'm, this is going to be great, right? So... So that concept is very important. Why? Because the word can be like popcorn. All those thoughts, each one of you can remember a time as a child where you had comfort food. Why is it called comfort food? It's because of the physiology I just mentioned to you. That's why it's called comfort food. It makes you, you feel like I'm taken care of. So again, if you have God's word in front of you, it's in your heart you start to say, well, wow, so you love me, Lord. And well, I don't know if you love me because this thing happened. But then he says, hey, child, look, I made you from two cells. I put all these, this immune system in you. I put all these amazing things in you. And I'm taking care of you every second of your life, every breath that you breathe, every pulse that you have, right? So, so when you say, I love, you know, do you love me? It's like, he's loving you every second of your life. Right now, maybe you can control your own heart rate. Maybe you can control your own breathing. Maybe you can create these dopamine cells. Maybe you can kind of figure that out, but I can't. So if I'm dependent upon him because I have that information because my children die from lack of knowledge, my people, right? This is pure knowledge of what he's done and does in us all the time, every second. So if we rely on him, he's the one that created the handbook of in the instruction manual of how we work and how we function, how he, we're put together. Now, we can ignore that handbook and say, well, I'm going to go over here and do so and so and so, but at some point, I'm going to be making some big mistakes because I don't know any other entity that has created a person successfully and not just their earth suit. That's one third of who you are. I don't know anybody who can create a soul the mind, will, and emotion. And besides the Lord, I don't know anybody who can create or uphold or anything else, a spirit being, which is, which is, is who we all are. So, so when you talk about authority, please keep that in mind because he is interested in all three parts of who you are. Right? Next slide, please. 
one of the things, and I'm going to summarize this because I, I don't want to go too long, but I enjoy talking about this, and I enjoy you all. <laughs> I appreciate you all so much. Thank you. Um, is God's heart is he wants you to understand the wiles of the enemy and why he does what he does. Like he's really sneaky. And the Lord is very straightforward. And sometimes we get mad at God because things didn't go the way that we thought they should go and the way that God should do what he, you know, what he should do. But most of the time it's because we just didn't listen to him. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not beating up anybody, but I'm saying seriously, because what is the standard? Avery Jackson creating a plan, and my standard is so watertight, it's better than God's word? No, no, right? It's God's word. So here, I believe one of the biggest wiles of the enemy, and so please be, please listen to this. There is something called ACE, Adverse Childhood event, Events. And that starts oftentimes early on, and in this slide, early childhood adversity can lead to lifelong problems. And there was, um, there's a, a scientific convention that occurs every couple of years that focuses on this, and there's a lot of research. We know that when there's adversity, when you're a child, you can't understand or comprehend or verbalize something that's happening to you or happened to you that you didn't like or that was distressing to your emotions, okay? So there's either perceived trauma that can occur or real trauma, and that real trauma can be physical abuse or it can be emotional abuse or it can be absent of love in how you interpret it. Why am I talking about this and how is this relevant to your health? This is extremely relevant to your health and especially for the African-American population as it has to do with high blood pressure. So, and I'm gonna get there in two seconds here. So what happens is, is that you're exposed to something, you don't quite understand it, you know it's, it's bad, there's distrust that occurs, there's that loop that I told you about that goes on and eventually that loop goes in your subconscious mind so you're not aware of it anymore. Every second, eight, um, thoughts will come up to your conscious mind that you can analyze and you can do something about and make act, act on or not act on. But all the rest are churning, churning, churning. When you go to sleep, they're still churning in you, churning, 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 churning. And that happens your entire life. So if there are destructive thoughts and memories that are so deep, they can have an effect on you. And so I believe, in my opinion, from this perspective, scientifically, that one of the biggest wiles of the enemy is his ability to sneak in an attack when you're a child. Okay? So, and that ultimately affects your physiology, your neurophysiology, your brain and your perception of the world and how you see people, how you see him. And when that happens, then that creates um, the fight or flight response, so you have a cortisol release, the hormones um, get revved up. That creates, that's one of the factors that creates hypertension. So for the scientists in here and the physicians, I am not saying that the only issue is your thoughts and your emotions. What I am saying is that it is a part of it and may be a large part of that, along with diet and exercise and so forth. 
but it's something that we really need to recognize that again, the enemy is really slick because he'll use things that are invisible to just sneak in, do like guerrilla warfare. And I believe this is a huge battlefield, as others have said, Joyce Myers and other people, the mind, mind, will, and emotion. So, so then how do you deal with that? And the way that you deal with that is when, as you know, Pastor Joel and Pastor Trish have said a million times, is how do you open yourself up to the goodness of God? You know, part of that is a willingness um, and coming to him like a child, regardless of the situation. And what happens is his love will literally start to replace those bad memories. And I'm not worthy because I was embarrassed about something that someone did to me in abuse at the age of six. What does that got to do with you? The Lord is saying how, mu how wonderful you are, how much he loves you. He's proven it to you, right? In every cell in your body, every single day. Do you know that a pressure sore, an ulcer, when you, if you stay in one spot for two minutes and keep pressure on it, just for two minutes, you start to break down your skin. Just two minutes, two minutes. Well, then how do you sit here for an hour? How do you sit here for 45 minutes? How do you sleep for six, eight hours, 10 hours, and you don't develop any of those your whole life? How is that possible? It's the goodness of God. Why? Because he created those nerves and the muscles and how they work together and how the receptors work together to move you slightly, ever so slightly, every, every couple of seconds, right? And you'll never, you never know it. You never know it. So the point is, is that you never want to take God for granted and his love for you. So never, never again ask, do you love me? Never, never again ask, am I important? Never, never again ask, well, God, do you know this answer? Because he, every second, he prevents you from having physiologic complications, for instance, like the pressure sore. The only time you ever see a pressure sore is when the anatomy is disrupted or the brain is disrupted, and now there's a disconnect in what God naturally created for us. So he's taking care of us, taking care of our earth suits all day long, every second of our lives. So you need to make sure that you, you practice his presence. Make sure you just thank him for that, right? Amen. And so I believe when that happens and you're, you're so aware of what he's done, even in your earth suit, then that will create a chain reaction in your soul and how you perceive him. And then that's going to have a reaction in your perception of your spirit and how big and amazing your spirit being is and powerful because of him. And that's going to also go back and affect your physiology and whatever challenge it may be and um, so I just really want to make you aware of that piece. Next slide, please. And next slide. And next slide. And uh, keep going until you get to the, to the, almost to the end here. Okay, all right. All right, and keep going. I'll tell you when to stop. You can see a picture of this beautiful... Now, that, that's, that's a perception. Anyway, that's a funny... Why don't you stop there for a second? Okay, this is funny. So, that's my daughter. She's messing with me in the kitchen, and it reminds me of something. And just in terms of perceptions, here's another thing. All these things that get under your skin, the only way you're going to fix those things is to uh, allow God 
to show you what's really happening. Because if you're reactive, you're going to blow yourself up. You're gonna, so the race card, you have to get rid of that. I don't care. Seriously, I don't, I don't care what they call you. Remember, that's only earth suit anyway. I don't care. They cut you off in the day. You know, all those, those perceptions are frontal lobe, hypothalamus, and then it will have a good or bad effect on your body. Okay? It really will. So it's not worth it. Again, the enemy wants to divide and conquer. He wants to make you upset. He wants you to stew over stuff so that it literally kills you. Okay? But anyway, this perception. So this I'm sitting at this meeting. Caucasian guy, he, he comes up to me. Well, I didn't know it. I'm sitting. I'm listening to the speaker, and we're in the gym area, and my people are on either side. He comes up to me, and he, he goes, he hit me as hard as you can across the back of my head. True story. Now, I could have immediately said, this is abuse, this is racism, all those things. I could have just, I mean, I could have jumped up. First thing, in, I could have jumped up in my heart and turned around and hit him. Right? That would have been my reaction. Holy Spirit <laughs> said, hey, hope. hold on. It turns out, again, it's about perceptions. It turns out that there was this huge bee, a wasp, that landed on the back of my head. And he hit that off, obviously hit me and hit that off. And I could see it was, it was right on the ground next to me when we were done. So there was proof. But had I jumped, had I jumped, had I jumped, they would have been, they would have been reading across the newspaper, neurosurgeon doctor in jail because he assaulted this man or whatever, right? The, those, all those, there's always this news line. Everybody just drops a little suggestion about something and you go, oh, look. And that, that's what could have happened, but it, but it didn't, right? Because Holy Spirit, thank God I listened to him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I didn't, I didn't jump <laughs> to defend myself, my manhood. Ugh, I got to defend. Okay, next slide, please. So, so in those in quality decisions. Next slide. Bishop, love my bishop. You know, and that's, here's the other thing. Thank you. I, I want to say something for all of you for, again, for Pastor Joel and Pastor Trish. The things that they go through on a daily basis, not only personally, their family, and then obviously all of you. I mean, they love you all. We've had conversations, I can tell you. And it's amazing all the things they go through to be a blessing and to teach and to pour out themselves to you every single day. I mean, we should be honoring them like it's crazy. Seriously. And so I honor my bishop uh, as well because of all the things that they've done and sacrificed for us and been used for us. You know, it, you know, no words can say. And so obviously from the bottom of my heart, I thank you both as well for all you do for the body of Christ and for us. And my cousin over there, Marsha, you know, you bless Marsha personally. So my family, I mean. Next slide. All right. So... In just a second, we're going we're gonna to play something here. But what I want you just to take away from this is the importance of linked up, right? Like with linked up, 
it's a family thing, and whatever happens to one happens to the other. So for our pastors here, I mean, again, they're, they're giving out and doing all these amazing things when, when they almost have nothing left, right? And so the way that we honor them, the way that I honor Bishop is my help, my heart, financially. Like, they shouldn't be wanting for anything. There's nobody, right? Not, not one thing. Not one thing. Because they're, they're giving everything they have and more for, for all of you and for the body of Christ. And so the least we can do is just be a blessing and see what the Holy Spirit has for us in any area, financially. In our, everybody should be a volunteer. Everybody in this room should be volunteering in some way. Um, right? Because, because actions speak louder than words. And if you want to know, Bishop said this years ago, if you want to know where a man or woman's heart is, there are two things that you can look at, always, 100%, is where is their money? Where is their money? And also, what do they, what do, they do? You know, and so if you honor our pastors here, everybody should be volunteering somewhere. Minimum, minimum. And so, so also please keep that in mind. So this video is, is precious to me in a number of, a number of ways. Um, and I think about the authority of Jesus and who he is, and I honor him. I honor my bishop. I honor the fivefold. I love the fivefold, y'all. You have no idea the things that they go through and what they do for us, stuff that we can't even see spiritually and otherwise. It's just so much that if we can do like just any little thing for them, just to thank them and to bless them, I mean, that means something. And, I'm sh and the Lord will bless you because you do that and you have that heart posture. And you ask the question of them, how can I help? Right, that's what Jesus said. He said, how can I help? And he, did, he stepped up to the plate, right? So, so with that in mind, can you, can you run this video? Amen. I know personally that your generosity extends past what you have given on the stage and screen. Many of you already know the story that Mr. Washington, when asked by Felicia Rashad to join her in assisting nine theater students from Howard University who had been accepted to a summer acting program at the British Academy of Dramatic Acting in Oxford. He gracefully and privately agreed to contribute. As fate would have it, I was one of the students that he paid for. Imagine receiving the letter that your tuition for that summer was paid for and that your benefactor was none other than the dopest actor on the planet. <laughs> I have no doubt that there are similar stories at boys and girls clubs and theaters and churches across the country where I know you have also inspired and motivated others. An offering from a sage and a king is more than silver and gold. It is a seed of hope a bud of faith. There is no Black Panther without Denzel Washington. And, 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 and not just because of me, but my whole cast, that generation stands on your shoulders. The daily battles won, the thousand territories gained. The many sacrifices you made for the culture on film sets through your career, the things you refused to compromise along the way, laid the blueprints for us to follow. And so now 
Let he who has watered be watered. Let he who has given be given too. It is an honor to now know you, to learn from you, and join in this work with you. May God bless you exceedingly and abundantly more in what's in store than he ever has before. God bless you. Uh, next slide. So, that to me is a wonderful illustration of how we should be with those who have gone before us and with our body, our sisters and brothers in Christ and our, our wonderful pastors here, you know, and, and so, and even with the Lord, right? I mean, we, if we appreciate you, Lord, we're gonna do something. You're gonna see something happen in my feet, in my mouth, in my hands, I'm doing something. And you know what? And I actually get to, it's an honor. So when I call back in two, three weeks and check, the pastors are gonna tell me that now they have an additional 200 volunteers. And, 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 and everything else, you know, um, because it really is about that, you know, and, and that's how faith works, right? You know, faith without works is dead. And so that's how you can show your love as they show their love every single day when they get up here and praying for all of you and for us and for the world. And I am just so honored, I can't tell you right now. Um, so one of the things that I wanna leave you with is this scripture. And I wanna encourage all of you that you are all exceedingly valuable to the Lord. And now no one scientifically can tell you otherwise, okay? Nay, in all those things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is what we're talking about at the end of the day. And that's the thing that's gonna give you the most peace. That's the thing that's gonna help you understand who you are as a spirit being. That's the thing that's gonna help you um, with your physiology and with your health. Next slide. And with that, thank you very much. up church we can do a little bit better than that I know we're out of time but you don't get a gift like this every week so I just can't let you walk off the stage without tying everything that you just said into how it's affecting us today in this COVID-19 environment would you just wrap it up yes sir so COVID-19, a couple quick things. Yes, it's a, it's a bad actor. Yes, people are dying. And yes, people are getting sick from it. 
But understand that God has created things like natural killer cells in you that all they do all day is go after viruses. You have an immune system. Now that you're aware of your physiology, be aware of your immune system. Each one of you take a minute to look up the immune system and how it works. Look up how it, it kills viruses. You understand that that's premeditated love from God. He was the one that created that in you. When you look at the statistics and you look at how many people got infected from COVID and you look at the number of people who died, do the math and you'll find that it's less than uh, under 2% of people globally have, have even died from it. So when you get struck by lightning or you get hit by a car, your chances of especially hit by a car are less than dying from COVID-19. So what we need to do is deal with the fear. We need to listen to Holy Spirit so that we can do what he needs, what he needs for us to do in this day and age as examples as the pastors are leading you all in all the things and the works and the wonderful things that you have for each other and for the world right now. Thank you. Okay, stay right there. Stay right there. So, so the, the world wants you to believe, or really the United States of America wants you to believe that there's only one answer for this. And what you just heard today, to believe that that one answer is the only answer is to ignore God and his ability to keep you even in times like this. Now, if you missed yesterday, you just missed it. We're not going to rehash that, go over that, but it was excellent and it was well-balanced. It was excellent and well-balanced. Israel is the most vaccinated. Yep. Should I? Yep. Yes, sir. You'll do a better job. They're the most vaccinated country in the world, yet they have the most deaths globally than anyone else. If I can mention, Pastor? Add that. Okay. So, so that's right. So you might say, oh, no, no, you're just here. You're here say, look it up. Look it up. That's true. And what Pastor is saying is it's not that anyone is necessarily against a vaccine. But when you have God's perspective, you always think about how can I help first? So when you do things and when you're making decisions, how will it help you and help other people? We know based on what he just said that those vaccines have failed us. That was the Pfizer vaccine, but they, they all run in the same category. So again, no one's against the vaccine, but how is it helping you? We know that vaccines help to decrease your symptoms, but we now clearly know that it doesn't protect other people. We know that. It's a fact. It's not an opinion. So just understand when it's used to be that way, you have to take the vaccine because it's helping grandma and it's helping other people. It's not true. As a matter of fact, the opposite is true. That because of the fact that if you get vaccinated, again, I have nothing against you or the vaccine per se, but when you get, when you get vaccinated, you can handle more virus in you, which means you can become actually more of a spreader than someone who's not had the vaccine or someone who has, who has uh, already undergone COVID. So if you undergo on COVID and you have no symptoms, you have long-lasting immunity that's protective to you and the people around you. Okay. Praise God. One more. Because this group didn't get to hear this. Can you talk about how those killer T-cells are designed all day, every day to kill bacteria and virus and virus and, yeah and so please you all you're smart people one of the problems is it seems like we just take passively what people tell us so 
how come, you might ask yourself, how come in, in the main news, the mainstream media, nobody talks about this other side? You should be concerned about that. It, there is wonder, healthy debate is wonderful. Scientists love it. We, you know, here's my position, here's your position. But when you scrub the news of what pastor is saying, like you all should be really concerned about that. And that should be proof positive that something's wrong, regardless of the facts. But the point is the natural killer cell, please look it up. It does two things. It kills viruses and it kills cancers, but it has to work well. Well, what makes it not work well? For the African-American population, a huge percent, um, 90 plus percent of people are vitamin D deficient. Vitamin D helps natural killer cell work. So that's an important thing. Um, the other thing is we talk about faith and how your brain processes and affects your physiology. Well, the natural killer cell is also affected by depression. It's, and so when your faith is high and the word's in front of you and you filter everything through the word, then your natural killer cell can function optimally as opposed to being worried about what's gonna happen, right? I am not saying, and there is preventative medicine. If you go to the uh, AmericanFrontlineDoctors.com, there's help and questions that can be answered. But my point is, is that um, that God in his infinite wisdom is very much a scientist. I am not knocking science. I love science. But here are things that nobody's told you, and so you have to be made aware of that side too. And so just understand, that's how natural killer cells work, and all day they destroy, they have these chemicals in them, when they see there's a problem on the outside of the surface of a cell, they go in and they destroy that cell, they put it full of holes, and it's occurring all day, all the time, without a vaccine, without anything. That's exactly what it does. So again, that's God's premeditated love for you. And you are healthier, and you are literally the healed. That is not just a nice thing to say, and scripture says it, and you're literally the heal because he's created those healing mechanisms. Now it's your job to make sure you're believing him and that you're taking care of those natural killer cells and immune systems so they'll function the way God had made it to function. Can, can I just draw one more out of it? Can I draw one more out of it? You don't get a gift like this on your stage every single week. But can you talk about mask function? Thank you. Okay, so here's the thing. So, hey, again, don't become offended because that's what the devil wants. He wants you to be offended and being in, in separate about this. You wear a mask, fine, that's your choice. You don't wear a mask, that's fine, that's your choice. All we can do is give you information and you, work, you ask the Holy Spirit, what should you do, right? So here's the thing. I have gone now and testified before commissions, and I have also testified um, before uh, Supreme Courts in the state, in the state of Michigan, and you can see those presentations on YouTube if they keep them on there, which should also be another alarming thing. You all should, in this room, should immediately say, something is wrong when free speech is, is, is not occurring. They will not allow free speech. That should be a problem. You all should immediately say something's wrong. But here's the deal with the masks. The way our body works, number one, is we balance our oxygen, our carbon dioxide levels, and our blood. Your air comes through you, it gets into your, your, uh, your blood vessels, goes to your lung, and there's an exchange. There's a reason why we have to get rid of uh, certain things like carbon dioxide and other waste products, and we take in air from the plants. So when you prevent that process, that creates, you'll get sicker, number one. Number two, um, and then I'll mention just quickly about aerosolized particles, but number two, um, we are seeing now 
that increase in carbon dioxide, and there, there are three studies that show this that I've presented before uh, uh, the, the local uh, Congress. Two of those were in the rat model and looked at what happens when carbon dioxide levels are high, which is what the, car the CO2 masks do. If you don't believe me, take a carbon dioxide monitor, put your mask on, paper mask, whatever, put it right inside the, the monitor and watch it go up versus put it, I mean, inside the mask, not in front of your mouth, but on the inside of the mask, watch how quickly it goes up to, to toxic levels. Take off the mask, put it right there again, and see how quickly it goes up to toxic levels. And all of you in this room can prove what I'm saying is true for yourself. But when that happens, um, it turns out that your body, your brain can go on to develop irritability. And we see that people become sleepier, more irritable in school, our kids. And it also destroys brain cells. It affects, uh, in one of the studies, they saw that seizure activity occurred in the developing brain when the carbon dioxide levels were high all day. And then you take off the masks, and then it, it equalizes back to normal oxygen. Now, regarding. Um, PPE and aerosolized, pro uh, aerosolized particles, the virus is not like a bacteria. A bacteria is large, it's in your saliva, and sure, if you spray it across the room, that it's going to be a problem. So the mask helped with that. I wear a mask every day of my life in the operating room, and I've done that for 20 years. So I understand how masks work, and I understand how they, they help prevent infection. So I'm not talking about that the masks don't do anything. But for viruses, a virus is 100 times smaller than one human hair. So if one human hair can get into the corners, you, you, everyone in this room would agree that if you took one hair off your head, it could sneak in all the crevices of your mask, right? So now take something that's 100 times smaller than that. Do you think that can get in even in the, right through? Yes, yes. So I don't have a problem with people wearing a mask in general because that's their preference. I do have a problem if it hurts you. And we have studies that show it hurts children and it hurts others, developing brain and so forth. Lastly, because it's a, if you go to the OSHA website, if you go back a couple of years and look, you will find that for all the pandemic preparedness strategies, they never mention masks, not once, for the, for the general population, never, not once. There's a reason. Number two, they will tell you that you'll see aerosolized particles. So in the beginning, wear the mask, you know, they'll say it'll decrease the curve with Delta virus and those things. But then if you go into it further and you read, you'll find that they will then have a disclaimer that says the masks do not prevent aerosolized particles, okay? And so what, how, what is the virus? It's an aerosolized particle. It is so small that it flows with airflow dynamics. So what does that mean? Simply in a nutshell, is that it's gonna go based on the flow of the air. If the air is stagnant and there's no windows down or the HVAC system that's in here that has the flow, then that's when it's just gonna sit. It usually floats and it just sits, all right? But when there's airflow, it takes off and it follows the air patterns. Well, what happens to the airflow dynamics in a mask? It's such that now the air, the, it's stagnant, but what happens? The, it takes the path of least resistance. So it shoots out to the sides because that's the path of least resistance. So the airflow dynamics is more important than Brownian motion and some of the arguments regarding um, uh, water and droplets. So it shoots out to the sides. How do I know that? So you can go and talk to, there are some OSHA directors and OSHA, which is Occupational uh, Safety Hazards um, Administration, a national branch of the government that says that. The ones who t are telling you the truth are fired. I'm just telling you. That's why I told you Look at today's information regarding OSHA, but go back a couple of years. You'll see some inconsistencies. Lastly, 
PPE, PPE, we talked, had a wonderful talk yesterday, it's a wonderful thing, protective, um, you know, personal protective, you know, equipment is great. It's great against bacteria, it's great against all these, these things when worn properly, but the problem is no one in this room has been given the instructions to wear a specific mask in the, out in the general for a two-hour break. No one in this room has been fitted for a mask just for your face. No one in this room has been told that you can't wear a mask with a beard. It, 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 there's, no, it does, there's no protection, there's no barrier. We had a gentleman who was an expert on PPE, um, who, I mean, the guy is, is, is kind of one of the tops in his field. He's published over 20 years about it. And he went one day to get on a plane, um, and he had on one of those Darth, mask, Darth Vader masks with the respirator thing going, and he gets on the plane, he's got it on properly, it's fit perfectly around him, it was made just for him. It, now that does protect against viruses because it's dealing with that airflow. He gets on, getting ready to go on a plane, and what do they tell him? You can't wear that. Okay, now, expert, bigger, better mask, you think bigger, better is better. <laughs> no, that's not our policy. You gotta go to the paper mask. Now, are we following science? or not, or not. If it's science, fine, let it be science. But if it's something else, then let's just call it what it is. So I'm just telling you, like that happened to him. I would think if you are so concerned about people's health, you'd be like, hey, bigger the better, come on, baby. <laughs> right? But that's not the case here. So just understand the dynamics, understand the science, please do your homework. Don't take information passively, do some homework and you'll find all this information that I've mentioned to you. I'm sorry. Can I draw one more out of it? Just one more. Because this is where we're living today. And this is getting ready to impact your children. This mandate for kids, the things you need to understand about. Oh, man. So the mandate, so, so I mentioned the, the two mandates. One is the, 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 the mask and one is the, vac the vaccine. So the mask part, that's how it affects the brains of children. And that's why you really need to be concerned about that. Um, and, and also it affects and impacts their emotional life as well. Um, you all know, I'm sure, about what's called the social smile. So in, in babies and then in young kids, one of the ways that they start to interact with people is they'll get this social smile, and that's when you know they really connected to your eyes, and now there's this kind of connection, like you're, you're there for me and so forth. So that is being completely eliminated. So the amount of damage that's being caused in our children is very great. We just talked about what happens with the emotions. In regards to the vaccine, a couple things. Number one, if you please fact check me, that's another thing. God will tell you, here's the information, go look. The devil and his way of doing things, Babylonian system would say, no, no, I just want to give you this much. And I want to get you really upset at everybody else. I'm going to call them names, and I'm not going to tell you this information because I don't want you to know this. I just want you to know this. That's exactly what's happening. So you all should be, as, as Christians, you should say, wait a minute, something's wrong here. So do your own, your own homework, but the thing is, so the way that the vaccine works, any vaccine in general, is that you take it in, it goes on these cells, your, uh, your uh, natural killer cells is working on killing it, but then the antibodies are ramping up based on what it sees. You create a library of variation so that around the entire virus, the whole structure, now right now we're just, it's just the S protein for most of the, the vaccines, 
So you're creating a buildup to kill that S protein, but you don't see the rest of the virus, okay? So normally, though, when you, see, when you have a different type of a, um, a vaccine, you see the entire virus because it's a killed version of the virus. Your body creates a huge library of every what are called epitopes. So every little nook and cranny all the way around, S protein and all the surface area and all the structure. So now you have this huge library built up in your T and B cells so that when you encounter the, the vaccine the next time, you, 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 you already have an army for all the possible variations. But what happened is, and as Pastor mentioned, in the Israel experience, please look it up, all of the people that were vaccinated, which is a huge percent of people in the entire uh, country, now they're getting sick because of the Delta variant. So you hear that the Delta variant is more virulent, it's you know, more aggressive, it is more contagious, but how did that happen? People are saying, it's because of the unvaccinated. Well, if that's the case, how come we didn't have more Delta variant when nobody was vaccinated? Why, why now are we seeing it when more people are vaccinated? So you can go to uh, Dr. Malone, who was the inventor of MNI, um, MRNI uh, virus technology, MRA. You can go, there are some other people that you can go to and you can look at what, they, what they're saying in terms of the specific physiology. But basically because of the fact that we're only building our, our library to affect the spike protein, we have what's called a leaky immune defense. So now, as opposed to this huge, robust library that you have that can kill all the variations from the original virus, which, by the way, no longer exists. So when you get a vaccine now, that's why you need boosters, but when you get the vaccine now, that virus is not even in the atmosphere. We're dealing with Delta and Lambda and all the other variations. So the problem there, though, is is that we don't have that library, so we're not able to fight it. But here's the thing in kids. Children have an amazing immune system. And when there is, when you, even if you have the, the vaccine, you're more likely to hold on, and you actually cause pressure. There's an escape phenomena and a pressure that's created that allows to select out the Delta variant that actually comes out of you more so than the regular variant. When that happens, it gets into the atmosphere, but kids are like vacuums. Kids have such a strong immune system that they take in the, uh, the virus, the Delta, and the other variants, and they kill them like a roach motel. <laughs> Y'all know about roach motel. And they kill them, and then what they do is, for the ones that they didn't kill, they're able to, what comes back out of them, are different variations that are less virulent, are less strong. And so if you have someone who's vaccinated who is spewing out this, this, uh, the, the variant because they can hold on to more and get less sick, which makes sense, that's what the papers say, they hold on to more, and if they get less sick, the children that are in the room come around, and they can still suck up <laughs> what they're spewing out. So what do I want to do if, I'm a, a if I am this mad scientist? What I have to do is I have to get the kids vaccinated. I have, to get, I have to get a mask on them and I have to get them vaccinated. Why? Because, now this is different than some of the vaccines. You might say, oh, the polio vaccine and the rubella, blah, blah. I'm not talking about that. This is a different animal now. Is what I would do is even though the risk of a child dying from COVID-19 is much less than the, than the common flu, we know that, that's a fact, I'm still going to inject them because I think I'm helping grandma who's going to be around them. But wait a minute, if you're not 
especially with kids, if you are not physically sick, you have a large viral load. It's about the viral load. That's why you get sick, because you got more of it in you, and that's how it goes out. Um, with kids, there's never been a paper, please fact check me, I'm telling you all, do your homework, that has shown that an infection in an outbreak has gone from child to adult. Okay? So if I want to create a world where there's going to be more people getting sick and more issues, whether it's money, I'm not even going to go there, what do I do? I have to vaccinate the kids. Because if I vaccinate the kids, then people will eventually get sicker, number one. And number two, if I vaccinate everybody, there's no control group. So in an experiment, you have the people who get and the people who don't get. And then you can compare. Okay, these that got, they did this. These that didn't, they didn't get the vaccine. They didn't get, they're doing this. Now we can see which is better, which is better. What should we do? What should we? But in, the in this case, if we can push it and get everybody vaccinated because we don't want to lose our jobs as opposed to looking to our source, which is the Lord. That's just me. That's for me. Because I'm, by the way, for all of you, I'm about to find out in about two weeks whether I still have one of my jobs. I'm just telling you. So this is about me, right? For, then, then, then that's what happens. And if you can get rid of the control group, the people who didn't get vaccinated, you have no, uh, no comparison. And so now you can say whatever you want about what's happening. So, so there's a lot to that scientifically that we really need to think about and be honest, okay? You watch, praise God. If you watch the way the media is pushing this, you'll see the agenda. Because there's only one group, the unvaccinated, that are, that are being affected by this. And yet, the and yet the unvaccinated are the ones you want to be around. Because the unvaccinated have not only long-lasting immunity, but what they do, since they have this huge library, when the virus comes in, they take it in. They eat it up like a roach motel. They might get, they may get some minor symptoms, but that's usually it for the most part, unless they have other medical problems. So why would you take them away when they have natural immunity? This is what I don't understand, if you're following the science. And then the last thing, this really is. They, they, they will, if you go back and you do your research, which I was graced to have him in my life, Amen. which means I've been getting frontline information since day one. Pregnant women were off limits. If you go back and you look at history, they were the last ones to be a part of any studies. And today, with just a year's worth of data, they're now making this mandatory for pregnant women. As you leave, give them a little bit about that. Yes, here's the thing. No, 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 he's, he's actually, he's again, Listen, just do your homework. That's all I'm asking. I'm not saying I'm pushing my opinion on you. I'm just asking you to do your homework, and so is Pastor. Here's the thing is, is that in the history of science, when we have a vaccine or any other pharmaceutical agent, we test that agent first in specific populations who we think would need it most and benefit. Then what we do is we have these safety meetings, and the safety meetings usually occur every week or every month. Do you know in the last year and a half we've not had one public safety meeting about any of this? Why? Why? That's my question. Why? Now, people, exactly, we may not, they don't want to know, but the thing is is that that should be another red flag. I don't care what your position is. You answer that for me first, okay? The second thing is is that we know specifically if you read Moderna, 
they specifically did not have, in their original uh, testing, they did not have any pregnant women. What do people say? Well, there's no reason to believe that it won't help them, hurt them. But that's not a, you, you don't just give a medication that could kill the child and the mother or hurt them just out of a whim like you think it won't. What, do we, what have we done in the past with vaccines? Vaccines in general, the other types of vaccines, we'll go years and years and years before we ever cross the line in science, applied science. So if you're in medical school or you're in school and you've not been out there, then you're not going to understand this until you get out there. But you never do that. You never uh, test them. They are the last frontier. And that's years and years and years of good data, safety testing, in small groups, and then you present to women because when you do that in, in children, because it, it, is, it, it can destroy uh, a child, it can destroy their entire life and the women. So to have a posture where we are doing something different than historical precedent. So again, you don't believe me in my opinion, that's fine. Look at the historical precedence that, we've, that has been set in the past. Why is that changing? You might say, well, because we got to get this to them so it can help them, but you don't know. How do you know? How do you know? You don't. You don't know, right? And then lastly, there's something called OpenVares. Please look it up. There's VAERS.gov and OpenVAERS.gov, capital V-A-E-R-S. That is a reporting system on vaccine-adverse um, uh, events. It's a registry. It's been around now for uh, about 30 years, it takes into account every single vaccine that has ever been created in the United States and the complications, including the death rate. You will note when you look at that, that, um, that in the first, the last, well, the first 20 years, there were only a total of, or 30 years almost, a total of 3,500 roughly deaths from all vaccines combined over 20 years. In the last year and a half, there have been over 10,000 deaths that have been reported in one year. That's a huge departure from what, from what we saw for decades. You might say, well, people are just going on there and they're just putting that information in and they're, making, they're fudging the numbers. If you go on there and you put that information in, first of all, you have to have granular detail, which means you need to know medical record numbers, lot numbers. It takes about a half an hour of your time to do that, number one. Number two, it states that you will get fined and will be put in jail if the information you put in is false. So there is a lot of deterrence regarding putting in false information just to dress the numbers up. So that's something else that you can look at as it relates to, uh, to the vaccine. So on other vaccines, you can go and look on the back of the bottle and tell you all the side effects. Yep. For these current ones, what, what's present? Yeah, and so what, what I've, I've not done that. So people, you all can tell me, when you go, you realize that this is still an experiment. So, and you might say, well, wait a minute, Pfizer, blah, blah, blah. But if you take a look at that, that really is not bona fide uh, proof that the vaccine is really, quote, unquote, a vaccine. If you look at historically, vaccines take years of, of data and research to be considered a safe, because this is not about my opinion. This is about God's heart, and it's about you being safe and your children and family being safe. That's what this is about, and that's why pastors so on this. So the thing is, it, take, it takes years to qualify to be, uh, to be a true vaccine that's going to be of benefit. Please look at the data. Um, and so we're not seeing that. Um, and so, so, you know, as far as that's concerned, you know, it's not only um, how we present the information, it's not only the years it takes to qualify to be a true vaccine, 
um, but the death rate and the other, the other issues are a concern. And by the way, please, all of you look up um, the past vaccines, the past pandemics. You understand that the last, um, if you look at MERS and, and SARS-CoV-1 and, uh, and what was happening in pandemics there, you'll find that they tried to do vaccines then. But do you realize that after 50 deaths, not 10,000, after 50 deaths, they stopped the entire program. Why have we waited this long with all this suffering and this pain to not stop or at least back up and say, okay, well, let's take a look at these. Are these valid? Are these, you know, and then, and then say, okay, well, we're trying to help people. Let's get back into it. That is not happening, right? So, so just, again, do your own homework and see that this is a real concern. Because all we want is people to be, to be happy and healthy and, and safe whether you take it or not, right? And so that's really the issue here, and that voice is really being snubbed. So the ones who are doing that are being called the crazies, okay? And here's the thing. We were fortunate enough, one of our, our companies um, creates, gives CME, Continuing Medical Education, and we were fortunate enough to, to I've been a part of AAPS, Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, please look them up. It turns out that through our efforts, and the Lord has been a blessing and allowed this to happen, we're able to support them because they were about to be shut down in terms of their continuing medical education. So that's something that, and, and because of that, that group are where the doctors who are, and other health professionals who are trying to get the truth out to all of you exist from. So, uh, and by the way, did you know that 100% of people that are in this effort that are the crazies are either Christian or Jews? 100%. So it's interesting that they have God's heart, the crazies, and they're trying to do something for preventative care. We're not saying the vaccine is not, cannot be helpful, but why do you start with that and not start with preventative care in the home? How come we haven't told people about little things that you can do, like the betadine, you can look up, but you can swab your nate, you can get rid of the virus and kill some of the virus early on so you don't get as sick. There are little things that you can do, and we've not told you. That's like me as a surgeon. I, so I do spine surgery, some complex surgeries take a lot of time, but the risks are high. You could die or be paralyzed. Now, would you think I was crazy if I took all of you and every one of you who had back pain in the room, and I said, come on up, I'm gonna sign you up, we're not going to do any physical therapy. We're not going to do any, anything that's non-surgical that might help you, that helps at least 60% of the time. I'm going to sign you up for surgery. And there are no other options. And don't, don't tell me there's other options because I'm going to either make you look bad or I'm going to put you in jail. I'm going to take your job away. So all of you who have back pain, come on up here now, and we're going to get the surgery done. And if you die and if you, or if you get paralyzed, that's on you. Well, that's what's happening. There's no preventative care discussion, and there should be. And there's always been a preventative care discussion before you get into more risky therapeutic options. That's not occurring, and it really should be. Let's thank God again for Dr. Avery Jackson. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we wanna to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. 
I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit linkeduptchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, watch past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 833-988-2009. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.